All right, guys, welcome. We are live. This is the Balance Mail podcast series. Today's episode is a dad talk, and I have with me an old friend of mine, uh, Steve Gibson. Go ahead and say hi. Hey, man. Hello, everyone. Yeah, Steve, um, wanted to have you on for a while. You've been like in the back of my head to do this for a minute, just from like our past experiences and, um, you know, it's going to be a great conversation. Steve is, for those of you that don't know who Steve Gibson is, he is now the director of one of my favorite places in the entire world, uh, the swamp, which is, uh, a summer camp that I grew up going to as a kid and all the way through as an adult. And, uh, he is a dad of two two girls lucy and ella and uh i know this conversation is going to be great so steve's good to see you yeah good to see you too i gotta clarify though i'm a co-director with my wife because even though she's part-time working for camp swamp uh her mm-hmm. part-time is is uh, just about as equally powerful as my full-time yeah um so i mean the first out the gate like camp how did that how did you get I mean, was it something to get pegged to be you guys to be the directors? Was it like you wanted to? Have you been thinking about it? Tell me about it. Absolutely not. It was out of left field. Uh, uh-huh. Jeff and Jen Rohrbaugh, the previous directors, had been looking for folks to train and to uh, take the baton uh, when they retired uh, for a mm-hmm. while. And uh, just nothing had worked out for anybody, just of life situation and kids' ages and that kind of thing. And I think they were looking, frankly, younger demographics mm-hmm. so uh um one of the uh, uh uh faithful founders of camp uh um super uh, big uh supporter uh alex hunter uh yeah uh, was talking to sunny session said hey have you considered steven rachel and and sunny thought i have not wow i can't believe that they're like right in front of my face and and <laughs> we've been right in front of jeff and jen's faces too you know just so much history with the sessions and the robots and so they we had dinner together like back in november of 2019 and they mm-hmm. you know, uh, asked us and and you know we immediately said absolutely yes we will <laughs> start job shadowing and 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 whatever and but then the pandemic hit and so they kind of delayed timing or whatever but we volunteered um you know, uh, whatever chance we could during that time. And then mm-hmm. we started working just, uh, um, you know, uh, after, you know, things kind of settled down financially after the save the swamp campaign. And, uh, we just finished kind of our first calendar year in many ways without the, uh, without the uh, training wheels on, uh, uh, Jen's retired and Jeff has taken on a, on a role as executive director and focusing on swamp core, you know, the international yeah. side of camp and they moved up to Wilmington, North Carolina. And so uh, um, it's one of those feelings where you're taking the training wheels off the bike and <laughs> it's scary and exhilarating at the same time. Uh, but, yeah. but luckily, you know, one thing I thought about camp real uh, quickly, uh, Roy, about a week or so into this last summer is that, you know, I was just observing this shouldn't work. Uh, the math doesn't add up on for camp to work. And I thought the only way the math adds up is that uh, this is God's operation. You know, mm-hmm. it's so clear uh, that it is his his uh, um, purview, and I just try to be a good manager and steward, and that takes some of the pressure off, even though we take the responsibility very seriously. And so it's been been glorious. You know, that's actually how Rachel and I met each other uh, in the summer of '93. We were uh, camp counselors, and uh, um, uh, we're at a pizza party that Sonny and Carolyn threw, like to just 
training the and introducing the uh, people who are going to volunteer at camp that summer, teaching us how to be camp counselors before yeah. camp started. And that's how I first met my wife. And we've been volunteering, you know, in some form of capacity ever since in the kitchen or teaching or just whatever way. And our girls grew up, you know, going since they were five years old to mm-hmm. mother daughter retreats and then daddy daughter retreats. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, it's a big part of, of our history. Yeah. Real quick. Why don't, why, why don't you think the math works for it to be? It, it, I mean, I think you think about this, you know, mm-hmm. that many kids yep. okay, with uh, um, still older adolescent supervision, counselor uh-huh. age, you know, yep. when brains aren't fully formed, things should go bad. You know, there should be, <laughs> there should be death. There should be, injuries. Yeah. there should just uh-huh. be, you know, horrific relational damage you know, uh-huh. <laughs> with each other when you get that many people, you know, in a, a larger community, uh, uh, it just, that's why I say, you know, it didn't, it doesn't add up. It should go like down in a fiery crash, you know, very, very quickly, you know, it's, yeah. it just should, it normally, <laughs> it does in other situations, you know, on, on, on a playground or in, you know, school, it does in, in most, all, you know, most other situations, it, it ends uh, very badly, very quickly, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but, but it ha- in fact, it hasn't, you know, it doesn't on a daily basis, it does on a weekly basis on an annual now for golly, 32, 33 years, you know? So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, there were co- many times that I think I felt, or I thought the same thing you were thinking, you know, <laughs> I'm in charge of some kids, uh, you know, I was, I was a counselor for countless, countless years. I think I quit counseling. I think I was 27 Nice. Something like that was my last my my last week ever counseling. And I'm just like, you're putting me in charge of children. OK, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. We're in the woods. Anything can happen. But it, you know, it generally not, not much ever did. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I went to the first ever week that they ever had camp. Wow. I think that was 1992. Right. Was that we had two weeks. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you in the picture. Like there's a picture of that group, you know, in staff uh-huh. camp number one, you know, from uh, the rental renting uh, Camp Woodmont. And so I remember seeing you in the picture and <laughs> looking at you this summer. <laughs> yeah, I was I was 10 years old. And um, I mean, that was when it was I mean, it was one giant experiment. Yes. And we had two weeks in the summer and we rented this and they rented this ca- this camp and then. I don't know from the from the start. I mean, I've I've all. I think there's one thing that that I think I've held as a strong belief is that the benefits of being disconnected from things for a while, Um, being outside, being in a cabin, being away from everything. I think it gave. I I learned a lot about myself in those situations as a camper and as a counselor, you know, I, I, I heard thing, you know, you hear things when the world's quiet and you have a chance to stop. And I got to hear a lot. And I, I, I found my passion for working with kids and for just being mm. a person of like, just wanting to just connect with people, connect with kids. Um, but it was, I mean, from the start, it was great. I mean, there were always some weird times as, mm-hmm. as anything, especially for that long. But I mean, it was it was just a blast. And then it became 
I mean, I was, I was so grateful that I was able to, to like be able to volunteer and then mm-hmm. be able to like get paid to be there. I was paid to be there yeah, for like what? four <laughs> for like four years. And you know, well, I met some of my best friends. Yeah. Um well it is it is a type of desert uh, slash wilderness experience, mm-hmm. you know, and and it is hard. There are some very hard aspects of you know, mm-hmm. uh, losing comfort uh, with immediate access to a bathroom. You know, when you're in mm-hmm. a cabin, you're not, you don't have a bathroom right there. You have to go to the bathhouse uh, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, play that out on many other areas, you know, the weather and just the heat or bugs or humidity or, or, or whatnot or storms or dryness or uh, whatever. And, and but that wilderness and desert experience is so good for us, even though it's difficult. Yeah, it is so healthy, you know, as, as it brings, you know, every, everything up to the surface. And you're able to connect with people. Mm-hmm. on such a deeper level i've mm-hmm. had some of the best conversations i mean just sitting on one of the fields at night mm-hmm. praying with someone that's going through something right listening i mean it, it was such a beautiful thing i think it's one of those places i mean i hold that place sacred and i'm grateful that i have a place like that that i can hold as sacred because mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a lot of places like that for people yep. around you know it- it is possible for that to be portable. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about that. We have like in the last couple years, especially this last summer, that uh, there are ways, you know, to, uh, I think, uh, make a space mm-hmm. that is sacred like that. You know, it's not easy. And, and when you're more in the melee of a city or urban or other area, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, try, we're tr- I've been trying to help uh, um, campers and counselors or, you know, bo- adult volunteers, whoever realize that sure, there is something special and sacred about this place, but it's not uh, exclusive, you know, that, that mm-hmm. there's potential for there to be that, uh, that specialness, you know, to, to go with you. God is bigger, bigger than, bigger than those 178 acres outside of mm-hmm. Metro Penfield, Georgia, you know? And so, <laughs> but it, you know, but, but to acknowledge both those things can be true. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's just been, you know, I have a, I have a kid now and he's, he's still kind of young to go to camp, but it's the the thought of him getting to go if, if he wants to, you know, if that's something that we, you know, that, cause we're in Virginia, we live, I don't know if you know, I'm in Virginia beach right now, but uh, it's just like, I want, I don't know. I want the idea of making space and disconnecting to be a foundation of like our family and maybe hopefully his, his life, because I mean, it's, it's hey, showing me a lot. Mm-hmm. The father son retreats coming up November 10th through 12th and, and, uh, boys can be as young as five years old, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, coming. And so, uh, I've never been to a father son retreat having only daughters. Yeah. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. We're going to be cooking a, a pig all day on Saturday and just doing guy stuff. And, and, and again, create that space for relational connection between, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fathers and sons and, you know, between, everybody in our in our heavenly father so really looking forward to uh, yeah. at that time coming up in less than a month yeah well that's awesome man i mean the first summer go well oh my this goodness was... yeah uh, um uh just that we had camp and it was yeah. camp. Mm-hmm. And, and even though like it may have felt at times like that like it was on fire yeah uh, we, we, the wheels <laughs> stayed on and we kept going uh-huh. down the road and it was camp and so it, it was a huge victory i think uh, <laughs> that it, it yeah the, the, it was a great summer this last summer <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, you know, let's get, we'll get into this, the the fatherhood portion of this. Yeah. That was fun. So uh, talk to us. How many kids do you have? 
Well, you know, I, I, that's a tough question. I answer somewhere between two and five, depending on how much time we have to talk about Go you know, for it. what it means to be a dad. You know, like you mentioned, I got two college age, you know, daughters, mm -hmm. uh, but we, we had a third daughter who passed away back in 2009 when she was just three years old. And then we've mm -hmm. also uh, fostered a, a little, little, little baby guy from, you know, uh, pulling him from the NICU out at uh, Grady in Atlanta for, for over a year. And now he's, you know, a teenager uh, living with his family, which is great, fantastic. And we also fostered a developmentally disabled adult for a few years, you know, and he mm -hmm. has now since passed away also. So, so those were like my big time, you know, father uh, and ongoing father experiences, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how many kids I got. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, yeah. And I think we could, we could start to talk about, you know, the one that, that passed mm -hmm. first. It was, it was so, I, I, I was thinking about her, um, you know, as this was leading up to it. And for, for those of you listening, I don't know, you know, I knew Steve back when she was around, when she was mm -hmm. alive. Um, and, um, and I think the thing that I remember about her was her smile. <laughs> yeah. And she, that's, she definitely took on the clown temperament uh, mm -hmm. of uh, uh, the available spot in the house. Yeah. And, uh, she, she was very, a very much a joyful kid. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mind saying like, you know, what was, you know, what was the, her issues like physically, what kind of led to yeah, her she, passing? She was born with a heart defect that mm -hmm. uh, required immediate surgery after she was born. And then she actually received a heart transplant when she was three months old. And then, um, you know, uh, suffered a lot having a compromised immune system, you know, during her, her three, three plus years and, you know, really had a pretty low quality of life was in the hospital almost as she was out, uh, almost as much time as she was out of the hospital. And then mm -hmm. eventually her body rejected her heart. She had a you know, heart attack and, and it died immediately when, when she was just a little over three years old. And so she's actually the only uh, kid I don't worry about, you know, I worry my, my two daughters currently, God, I worry about them, you know, concerned about them just cause you know, I, I'd love them and you know, the, the pressures of life that they face, you know, but uh, she, she really, you know, I look forward to, to reuniting with her uh, uh, one day in paradise, mm -hmm. however that works. Uh, and so I, I really, you know, uh, it's, it's a big time out, you know, I couldn't say goodbye to her when, you know, her, you know, body yeah. was in the hospital in the emergency department. And, uh, but I could say, see you later you know, when, uh, um, we had to, you know, leave the room. And so that was a way that I, I, I was able to process, you know, um, her part of the beginning of her death, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, what was, what was that? I mean, what was that like? I know that's kind of like a big, yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I think it's a fear, uh, that we were forced to face, uh, that, that, uh, if, if parents are honest, if dads are honest, it's probably our greatest fear as a dad, you know, of, of, of losing a child. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think, uh, you know, it was obviously scary and it really forced us to really deal with, do we believe, you know, what, uh, God says about, you know, life and existence in the next mm -hmm. season of life, or is it a bunch of bunk, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I think, uh, um, it, it's good. I'm grateful for that now because, uh, um, you know, now it's many, many ways, you know, I, I having faced one, if one, if not one of the greatest fears of, of, of life, you know, and knowing that, Hey, we, with God's help, you know, if he's your foundation, you can make it through it. You know, mm -hmm. you, 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 it's not that it doesn't take a toll on, on our relationships. You know, my wife and I, we went to a lot of, uh, um, retreats and got help, you know, with just the, the, 
the challenge that it was on our family, on our marriage and you know, our parenting, mm-hmm. uh, helping our daughters get into therapy and help process through, you know, uh, the trauma, you know, that, that it is to go through that, that, the, those stormy weather uh, seasons of life. But, uh, um, but it's also very reassuring now to know that, you know, it's a, um, you know, it's not a deal breaker, you know, for, for mm-hmm. a marriage or a family, like when that happens, it is tragic. It doesn't have to define us. You know, it, it does, uh, define us to a degree, but not completely, you know, we're not stuck in that, uh, mm-hmm. in that trauma, but, but it is who it's part of who we are. It's made, uh, us, uh, um, you know, all of us, my wife and my, my, my two daughters are very more sensitive, you know, two kids with special needs and with loss. And, um, it, it has, uh, made me, uh, I think a softer hearted person, you know, a, mm-hmm. a kinder person. Uh, um, and so, you know, it affects everything who we are, you know, there's a lot of lessons we learned, uh, from her life and death with us, you know, like I, I very much take day life on a day-to-day basis, you know, because mm-hmm. of her time with me. I do not take, sometimes I fall into trap, of course, Sure. take for advantage, take it, take, take for granted <laughs> what's going to happen, you know, but I, I am not guaranteed that, you know, we're not guaranteed that. And I, I think it's an American trap, you know, developed world trap to fall into, to think about that we're going to have a long life and pain-free and comfort and all these things. And that's just not, and that's not guaranteed, you know, not guaranteed anywhere. And yeah. what's guaranteed is, is, uh, is, is, uh, um, trouble. That's what's guaranteed, you know, and you're going to face it, uh, the long, the longer you live, the greater chance you have that you're going to face it. So. And what was, so what did you guys, I heard you mention therapy. What did you do to process, like process through after she passed? I mean, where you, did yeah, you, I was, mean, yeah, the first month I just slept, you know, I was so tired. So I just, there was, you know, and and I remember talking, kind of thinking and praying to God, driving over, you know, to the hospital and we got the call that, that, uh, um, uh, cause uh, she was actually with, uh, with, with her grandparents, you know, when, when it happened, uh, they were Mm -hmm. caring for her. She spent the night there. Uh, and so was driving over to the hospital and praying and talking to God thinking, I don't know if I have enough gas and tank for another hospitalization. You know, I don't know. I was just so mm-hmm. tired and I was running on fumes. And I think, you know, I wrestled with God and said, you know, if of course, if there is another months long hospitalization or whatever needs to happen, I'm going to do it. But I, I I think he knew that we didn't have any gas and tank left, you know, we mm-hmm. were just done, you know, so really physically we, we slept for like a month, uh, it seems, you know, just, just physically recovering. Cause you know, Lucy was five and Ella was three at the time, you know, so we had, you know, you know, to- toddlers, you know, young, you know, just, just getting into, you know, preschool and school age kids, you know, we were just, we were spent in, and in, 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 that's even with having a coworker who spent the night, uh, to take care uh, of, of Ava one, one night a month. And then her grandparents taking care, you know, it was just so, uh, caregiving, um, it, it, it took it out of us, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, uh, we, we got some advice of someone telling us, you know, don't make any big decisions for at least a year. And that was good because it was really coming out. It took, it has taken years, you know, to, to kind of come out of a, a fog of sorts, you know, from just being in the trenches, uh, of, uh, of, you know, ongoing, you know, kind of in and out of the hospital type of situations. And so, um, but, but yeah, we, uh, um, still processing through it. A lot of it, you know, uh, um, to, uh, uh, even like we were riding over on a road trip with some friends uh, a couple weekends ago and I, uh, they did not know about our life situation. They just moved into town, getting to know us. And so Rachel, my wife, uh, recounted kind of just a situation over the period of a, an hour or two conversation driving with them and, 
I just reflected back. I'd forgotten so much of what happened, you know, and, and still thinking like, oh my goodness, you know, like we, you know, how did we even survive that time? You know, and, and uh, um, a lot of it was just that we, our, our biological families and our spiritual families took care of us in the most intimate, humbling, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. um, you know, uh, embarrassing ways in, in all the ways financially and physically. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that we survived, you know, through, through that uh, time. But then also since then, you know, it was just the, the, the community that, that uh, God has placed us in, you know, uh, his extended family really just saved our bacon, you know, sa saved, saved us so much. And we're so grateful, I think, and, you know, because of the support, because it took that. I mean, you, mm -hmm. know, you, you saw like we needed a live in nanny, you know, we, we needed an extra set of hands like in, in, on, on site in the house you know, that's why we you know finished the basement where i'm at now you know and uh mm -hmm. and to live you know just it took it took you know just all hands on deck you know to be yeah. able to get through that time yeah it's interesting you talk about i mean it things come up over the years you know with that i, I think about that with my dad and mm. just moments i'll you know you'll there'll be something that pops up either on the radio or or just in life and then i start thinking about him and then you just you know you're just a wreck for a little bit or right. you know it's just something that you're living with that like i mean it just takes it takes for me it took time to just get used to okay this is going to happen mm -hmm. and you know and i love that i love that he still comes up mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah it's uh, you know i'm a heartbroken person yeah. And that's okay. You know, I mm -hmm. don't want to not be a heartbroken person. You know, it, it is okay for me to be, and it doesn't, doesn't uh, mean I'm, I'm, I'm broken period. It just means I'm, you know, heartbroken. My, my heart will always be broken you yeah. know, with that. And that, that is okay. I don't want to lose that. And we're not really great, you know, in Western culture about living with grief or mm -hmm. process grief. You know, we don't do that well. And so uh, I'm still learning, you know, my, my mom passed away earlier this year in January. Uh, my dad actually passed away, um, golly, four months before Ava passed away, you know? Wow. And so, you know, um, I, I'm just trying to, to be honest and, 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 uh, and, and work through, work through all the, all those grief, you know, mm -hmm. uh, situations and, and be real about it, you know, and know that it's okay, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to just, you know, kind of get through it. Yeah. We liked, we like to run from mm -hmm. from grief from mm -hmm. sadness from pain from hardship oh, yeah. and it it's in a lot of ways it's it's integral to our life you know yeah i'm i'm much more quick to recognize you know when i experience loss and 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 you know where it might be just a simple thing but to acknowledge it and to mm -hmm. recognize it and to you know and so because it helps me you know go through the process you know of, yeah. of grief you know whatever the silliest little loss thing is you know mm -hmm. like man that's it that was a loss you know i missed that you know man the braves did not make <laughs> you know the you know pass the first round of the playoffs you know that i'm i'm, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge that grief and loss talk about it. okay i'm moving yep. i'm moving through that you know just whatever <laughs> to whatever level it is you know it's, I think it's trying to be healthier you know? yeah there was a book that i read uh, about grief and and they talked about that just like we grieve everything from like yeah. the loss of a pen to the loss of a job to yeah. to all of it and it all carries if we hold something dear mm -hmm. and we lose it there there's a level of that that we have to recognize and acknowledge and the more that i found the more that i talked about it not stuffed it down the easier it was for me to move through it yes 
you know, and, and it was challenging for me. I mean, we talk about, you know, you you almost wish people would die on when it was easy, you know, and life wasn't challenging, (laughs) right? you know, like, that'd be great. (laughs) My dad passed the month before my son was born. So it's like, you know, you're like, like, yeah, you're just like, you're processing that. But it, it, it was something that I don't know, it, it deepened a lot of things about me. Mm-hmm. just just that understanding of it i think you're forever changed mm-hmm. when well, you know speaking of fatherhood you know we are in a long line mm-hmm. you know and i think that that connection we have to acknowledge that you know other cultures do a better job of recognizing we are products uh, of that you know long line of parenting you know physical and spiritual parenting yeah uh and we are you know and and we are you know, uh, in a context and in, in a story, you know, mm-hmm. that, that has a long, long story arc, you know, of, of, yeah. of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are the product of those that came before us and it was all mm-hmm. passed down. And, and, you know, I think, you know, my hope is that I can, I guess as a father, we were like, I want to pass what I'm learning through this, through my kid, mm-hmm. you know, to, to kind of make it something that he understands more of. Um, cause I didn't mm-hmm. per se, I mean, none of us really do until you're in it, you know? Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that switch that, you know, flips when you become one, like, OMG. Wow. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what like, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, my perspective on fatherhood changed pretty good, pretty radically, uh, before we got pregnant with our first one, Lucy, I was all fired up and ready to go gung ho and I'm going to be a great dad. This is going to be great. And, uh, you know, I'm going to kill it. And then, you know, we got pregnant. uh, uh, And then, you know, I started wondering, huh, wonder what the scriptures say, you know, about fatherhood. I'm just curious. Never studied it out. And I studied it out and I was so scared. Really? Uh, Oh, how it it took my breath away. It Mm -hmm. it dropped me to my knees of the of the responsibility that I was uh about to take on and and i thought oh my gosh it's too late you know i didn't know i was well, yeah. not ready for this you know uh, the gravity of the situation you know uh the big dealness of being a dad hit me you know the way of of you know what re- what, what a huge responsibility i was yeah. uh, and so it was sobering you know like i it switched and, the, and so then i'm like oh, you know like i was scared you know it was a roller coaster of of, of emotions you know before that just during the pregnancy time <laughs> yeah, I I was the opposite. I was I was running from it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've said this many times before. I didn't I didn't really think I wanted to have kids mm-hmm. for a while. There was, um, you know, there was just a time, and you know, and, I mean, I knew what it was like. I mean, I've I've worked with or not. I didn't know like I was a father, but I saw it. Like I was working. With, I've worked with kids for you know close to twenty years now in some mm-hmm. form or fashion, and then mm-hmm. was a teacher just feeling even feeling the weight of being a teacher was yeah sobering in itself Mm -hmm. and i was just but but it's been you know so many sleepless nights thinking about what does this all mean for him how am i going to protect him you know thinking about those things um so yeah it's just laughing at we're all so excited until we're in it. And then it's like, Oh my God. Well, I, uh, um, you know, from my, uh, when my camp role, you know, being a director hat, 
when a parent comes and checks their child in Mm -hmm. and in a sense is giving them over to to me, I, you know, it is a humbling, overwhelming responsibility Mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to take good care because they expect me to return that kid after a week of camp and as good, if not better condition (laughs) than when they dropped them off, you know, not not missing any fingers or toes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, sometimes when that, that responsibility hits me, it's overwhelming. I got to go pray. I got to walk it off. I get scared. I cry, you know, it's, uh, um, yeah, it it is overwhelming, you know, just, you know, shouldering, take, you know, caregiving for someone mm-hmm. being a surrogate dad or, you know, a father figure, you know, for even a brief period of time, you know, is a huge responsibility. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about your, your other kids. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have two daughters. What's that been like? Uh-huh. Raising oh daughters. It, it is the most exposing, you know, talk about a wilderness experience, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's wonderful. Um, now, you know, as they're young adults, and we've transitioned into that, uh, um, you know, season of life, you know, where we're kind of becoming friends, you know, more on a peer basis, you know, uh, mm-hmm. adult to adult. It is, it is a blast. But yet, you know, I'm always going to be their dad, you know, and always going to be like a, um, you know, mentor figure. And so, you know, we're, we're figuring that out. And I tell them, you know, I, I don't I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. And so give me feedback, you know, when I'm not being a good friend, you know, they they, they give me the mm-hmm. dad, you know, they, they they'll they, they give me the word, you know, when, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm not being so healthy, you know, as, as a friend, you know, but, but learning how to, uh, um, parent adult children is, uh, is challenging, but it's, but it's wonderful. It's a very different season. It's almost like I read a book, a great book, uh, um, uh, teen proofing, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, uh, that, uh, kind of, you know, when kids go through adolescence, it's like, you know, the, parents are going through the terrible twos, terrible threes, because we're being dethroned from being the center of the universe yeah. from, from, mm-hmm. from them, you know, uh, from, from their life. And so, uh, it was a tough transition. Um, but, uh, uh, I tell you, it was, it was humbling. I, I, I leaned and needed so much to see people who had been there, done it before mm-hmm. to get help, you know, cause I, it was just so radical and so new you know, I needed some, some older dads, you know, like guys that were maybe like on their second round of kids from a second marriage or just, you know, had grown kids to just talk and watch them interact, you know, with their children. Yeah. Like so I could have like, Oh, Oh, that's how you do it. I, I learned by seeing, you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. some, some by listening, you know, but more by seeing. And so that was crucial, you know, and to learn how to be a good friend to my daughters now. What was it like after Ava passed, like fathering, the two girls with all of you just going, you know, going through this. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it was tempting, you know, to uh, be overprotective. I, I tend, you know, because mm-hmm. of having lost a child, I could really, you know, easily uh, dr- be fearful, you know, and be overprotective of my two, you know, more because mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't want to go through that again. You yeah. know, and so I really had to watch out and my wife would help me a lot too, to see like, even like it is funny during the pandemic times, you know, I don't want to lock it down, you know, and kind of give way to fear to try to protect them. And she's like, are, is that the healthiest for them? You know, like, don't they need to have, you know, social relationships and, you know, as things were opening up after the shelter in place time, you know, and there yeah. were uh, other, other times that I, I could uh, um, really give way, you know, to, uh, to, to be overprotective, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I had to, realize and acknowledge when I'm afraid, you know, and that's going to have been one of the biggest challenges is, is to, cause it's not a typical guy thing, you know, to even mm-hmm. be aware of when I'm afraid or acknowledge it, 
or yeah. to deal with it, you know, but I think I was very grateful. I went through a leadership training program an agricultural leadership training program for a couple of years of my old job, which I'm super grateful for. And we really, that was almost, they, they almost put us in fear, fearful situations all the time because that's when you grow uh, yeah. in, in leadership and, and the leadership as a parent, as a dad is one of the scariest things to go through. And so I think acknowledging being aware, you know, and, and then recognize that and not parenting from a place of fear, but dealing with it and talking about mm-hmm. it with my wife as my partner, as my helper, my, my Edzer Konegdo, my helpmate, the help that opposes, you mm-hmm. know, the, you know, the Hebrew or, and then other, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, co-parenting, you know, parent type figures, you know, with my kids, my, my their grandparents, you know, just peers, my aunt, aunts and uncles, you know, uh, spiritual aunts and uncles for them working together, you know, so that I didn't, because anytime, you know, a situation would go up and I would parent from fear, it would go bad. It does go bad even mm-hmm. now. You know, it, it doesn't matter what it is when I, you know, whether I'm aware of it or not, when there's fear involved, you know, it, it's it's not good for them. It's not good for me. It's just, it, it's it's really bad. But when I'm able to process through that or acknowledge and even talk with them now that they're adults, you know, I, I tell them, you know, when I'm afraid, when they're doing something that freaks me out, that scares me. When they're, you know, when they do, you know, have plans or they, you know, make a decision about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm scared. I'm able to even now with them, you know, uh, to talk through it and they can reassure me or they can, you know, tell me, no, that is a founded fear. You need to be concerned about that. And so, you know, we work on it together, you know, uh, with their adult kids and stuff, but that's a big deal. You know, it's talking about, you know, when I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you talked about that, about parenting from fear. Cause I've, it's been. I think it's been on my mind for the last couple of weeks because for it's a specific incident. Um, just my, my son started this, this thing and it just like, I, I noticed myself, it was this one little thing that happened and it was, it, it's really innocuous because it's just him starting a dance class, mm-hmm. but this one little thing happened and it triggered a memory and it triggered a feeling and before I knew it, I was sitting in the car in this rabbit hole of just like, oh boy, <laughs> fear and emotion because I was like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is right. going to happen. And this is going to happen. You went zero to 60. <laughs> and I'm like four seconds and <laughs> I'm spinning out in the car. Yes. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And it was, it literally had not, it was nothing. It was all me. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. And we do that. <laughs> we we're, we're, you know, I was talking back in March. Do you remember, you know, Preston Stancil? Oh, yeah. Were? We were talking about how, like, <laughs> we're all just walking. Just, I think he said something to the word. We're just trauma soups. We're just all living. <laughs> That's great. Through our sure. trauma. And uh, we're parenting yeah. through our trauma. And we're, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. interacting with everyone through our trauma and our yeah. hurt. And it's something that we do need to acknowledge and, and the beauty of it. And I love talking about this because it, none of what I thought was going to happen, happened. Sure. It and it was, the, doesn't. it was the opposite. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was an engaging, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's on his fourth class now, but it's just something that like, I'm glad that it came up because now I can look at, it. I'm glad you're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, we need to talk about things like that more, but. Well, we need to have safe relationships, you know, with other dads, other other people, or just friends, where you know we're not uh, condemned, you know, for for having those thoughts, but you know, safe places to process through mm-hmm. that, you know, really he- healthy communities, you know, where we're loved, you know, because it just it won't happen other yeah. outside of that, you know. 
preach it. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's something that with, with all the books that I've read, I mean, it's been something for the last, I mean, since I've been a teacher, I've always thought about these things of like how boys and how men are and how we're treated, how we grow, what we're, mm. how we're, we're looked at. Um, and it is safe relationships is needed. It's safe relationships and elders in their lives. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that I think we need more of because we, you know, in a lot of ways we, we, I didn't grow up with a lot of safe relationships until I was in college. I started to really develop a lot. I've been really lucky in that to have guys nice. that I can go to mm -hmm. and talk with and it, it's never weird. And it's not, you know, I can cry with deal with anything going on and, you know, but what you're talking about is so countercultural because, you know, we're mm -hmm. not just in an independent culture, you know, being in the U.S. Yeah. We are in the most independent culture in the world by, you know, multiples. We're like hyper independent, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. compared to all the other uh, uh, cultures of the world, you know, which which sets us up for disconnect, you know, uh, from these uh -huh. healthy relationships that we're talking about. Yeah, there's um this book uh by richard Rohr. i don't know if you've heard Ooh, his. yes yeah uh adam's return I, I did a deep dive with a friend of mine out here of of just the need for i mean the need for guidance because we in a lot of ways in these cultures that were like uh villages or, or tribal you know the kids would have multiple right adults in their lives Sort of guiding them through it and yeah. helping and they, them uh, see research says like that you know especially in adolescent seasons of life those are the most uh, longitudinally influential relationships mm -hmm. like if you have like a, a i think you know it says like uh, like a handful of those mm -hmm. you know, type of you know older that are not your you know biological parents you know man you mm -hmm. you're your, the outcome of your life, you know, the, the odds are that you having a, a fruitful, successful life are like astro astronomically higher than if you don't. Yeah. Um, it, there's been a lot that I've gone through in the last, in my life with regards to just, I mean, with, with faith, with church, with mm -hmm. my life. And I, I know the reason that I'm here and able to have somewhat of a stable existence with the things that I've gone through is I can think of at least five men mm. that were in my life at these certain moments when mm -hmm. if I had gone left, I probably wouldn't have been here. Right. And, and it was, it was, it, it was so, I didn't realize the gravity of those relationships until I was an adult right. and I've, cause you know, I've yeah. been in with the years that I've been in therapy at, you, you know, thinking back on that. And I'm just, him like incredibly grateful for those, for, for just the men in yeah. my life that, I mean, and it was as simple as just sitting and letting me talk, <laughs> uh -huh. you uh -huh. know, and it, cause, cause we don't want to go to our parents and that's, it's, it's just a, that's how it is. We want, safe secure relationships mm -hmm. and we're looking for it men are looking for it and we don't have it i mean there's this book called raising cane that i read yeah yeah um and, and they talk about how men live in a culture of cruelty and we oh, it's gosh. just 
It's from our from our peers, from our friend groups, from authority figures. And and nothing is safe except for whatever has been agreed upon as the code, the quote unquote, the code. (laughs) So like love, emotion, fear, vulnerability. um, It's all it's all sort of. I mean, essentially beaten out of us, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it's told that, no, those are not okay for you to have. And if right. you can have it, as long as you're alone and you're not around us, because mm-hmm. if you're around us, mm-hmm. we're going to make fun of you because mm-hmm. none of us want to show the cracks. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, and finding countercultural environments and communities, you know, uh-huh. opposed to that, you know, mm-hmm. is, is, is a treasure, you know, and, and is essential. It is, it is. So uh, what has it been like transitioning? I mean, you're you're one of the first dads that's been on here. I, I think I've had one other one where the, the kids are, are adults. Mm-hmm. Most of the, the dads I've talked to have been like, you know, middle school has been the oldest. I mean, what was what's what's it like? I mean, shifting from kids into these different stages of their lives from like toddler to child to like middle school to now adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's it's, it's layered, you know, it's a mix mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of things. Uh, it's not just one, one thing like uh, uh, on one level, we really enjoy our independence mm-hmm. you know, being empty nesters, you know, uh, being able to uh, uh, not have to worry about them, you know, yeah. supervised, yeah. you know, they, they, huh? they're, <laughs> or worry about them because they're not supervised, you know, but that they're not, it's not on us, you know, I mean, it very much uh, um, increases my trust. I have, I choose to increase my trust in God that he loves them more than I mm-hmm. I do, you know, and he's watching over them and a much better parent to them than I am. Uh, so there's that level, but then there's also a level where I miss them. Man, I miss them. I miss that, the routines, I miss them being around, you know? And so when they, when they, we do spend time together, it's that much, uh, um, I'm, I'm much more appreciative, you know, when we travel together or just, you know, have a meal together or just time together, or just check in or catch up or whatever, or they need help, need a hand of, you know, me to pick up something for them, drop, drop something off or whatever. I, I treasure those times you know, yeah. because we don't have the quantity and the volume of time together. So that, that's kind of what I've been experiencing lately that I really just enjoy. And I look forward to, to being with them much more, I, you know, cause I'm not not around him uh, nearly as often uh, a lot, and so uh, that's it's just both those things. The two things I've been thinking of recently. Yeah. Now, now are they in college like close? Because I know you guys in Athens. They both go. Yeah, yeah. One's one's local, and then the other one's uh, uh, over. You know, hour and a half or so away in Marietta. You know, uh, um, and so not too far. You know, where we still can. You know, uh, um, and I'll probably see them both about the same amount of time. You know. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, so you go to KSU. One of them go to KSU? Uh, yeah, yeah, on the Marietta campus, studying engineering. Nice. That's where I got my degree, Kennesaw Sweet. State. Oh, yep. man, she's, she is loving it. It's a great fit for her, and uh, she yeah. just uh, is, is rocking it over there. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, So, like, tell me about tell me about your dad. Oh, man. You know, I, I really got to talk about, like, uh, um, uh, you know, I got really, you know, at least three dads, you know, like my biological dad. Uh-huh. Um was uh, um, uh, a, a wonderful, loving, uh, hot mess of a guy, you know, just that layers uh, of, of yeah. both of those things. He was a, a Vietnam vet, you know, he married my mom when he was like 21 and she was, no, no, he was 
18 or 19 she was 18 you know very young wow yeah my mom they 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 were married for two years when they had me and so very young uh you know uh he was 21 years older than me uh and so uh which is more common you know back back in the in the 60s you know to do that um he was actually uh deployed um he he did three tours of duty in vietnam not on the front lines but kind of like right back from the front lines doing logistics for the army but it experienced a lot of trauma you know, uh, uh, being there. Uh, um, and also even like being raised by his dad, just verbal trauma, you know, uh-huh. verbal abuse, you know, in, in yeah. the house. Uh, and so, um, you know, uh, when I, uh, he got uh, listed as MIA uh, during the Vietnam conflict, when my mom was, was pregnant and do with, do with me. And so he actually got to, uh, come back from Vietnam, uh, 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 on a, on a temporary, you know, break that is, that his commanding officer gave him, you know, kind of because his name and picture got listed in MIA in the San, in the local paper, San Antonio, where we were growing up. So my family was freaked out, you know, that he was MIA, but he wasn't, it was a different Richard Gibson, you know, back wow. in the same city or whatever. So he got to be, so he got to be there for my birth. You know, he was actually, a, I was like three weeks, two, two plus, several weeks late. You know, I came out, like I was so, I was like over 10 pounds. They called me the Michelin tire baby. I had five <laughs> rolls of fat between my elbow and my forearm, you know, wow. just huge, you know? And so, uh, when I was born, actually, um, my dad was fishing down with my grandfather, uh, down and off of Corpus Christi in the, in the Corpus Christi Bay. And, uh, um, we got the call when they came back in off the charter boat, you know, that your, your wife's in, you know, uh, she's in labor, come back, drive, San Antonio. And so he got to be there, came into the hospital smelling like he was a, you know, a fish or whatever. And they said, no, no, go home. She's going to take a while, you know, shower before you, you know, he got, got to be there for my birth. And, uh, um, he was a great dad. I never doubted that he loved, didn't love me. You know, he, he loved mm-hmm. me very, very well, but his own trauma, you know, um, kept him from being connected like on deeper levels, uh, with me. Like, uh, you know, he, uh, he smoked, heavily drank, you know, just as to process, you know, as a coping mechanisms. And I never remember him uh, without a drink in his hand my whole life, whether it was beer early on years and then mixed drink, you know, rum and Coke was his drink of choice, you know, for later on years, it's just because he really had to maintain what he called a comfortable level just yeah. to process through life, you know, with, with what uh, uh, he, he never went to therapy officially, which I wish he would have, you know, to be yeah. able to process through um, the trauma of war and just upbringing and just a general life, you know, there, he, uh, he was married um, uh, six times. My mom was his first, you know, uh, wife. And then uh, they divorced when they had been married about 12 years. Uh, um, and I, I was about nine or 10 years old. And, uh, and then they got remarried very quickly and didn't last very long. And then again, same thing didn't last very long. And then number four and five were the same woman and then was single for many years. And, you know, finally just, I think had, uh, late, late in life, a, a healthy, final uh, adult friendship, you know, with, uh, my, my stepmom, Barbara, who's wonderful now, you know, and so wow. uh, we still keep up, you know, we still have a, have a good relationship. Uh, uh, but, uh, um, yeah, so it was a troubled life. You know, he lived a hard, hard life. Um, you know, and we went through some, you know, uh, turmoil times, like, you know, my twenties, you know, when I didn't understand how much he loved me because, you know, he was afraid and actually Sonny, one of my mentors, one of my surrogate dads, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, really, uh, um, helped me to see things from his perspective, how he really did love me. Uh, and he just, you know, to express it. And so it really helped heal a lot of my friendship, you know, with him where I was able to be friends with him, you know, in his, in his last years. And so, I had a great biological dad. My stepdad, 
now, you know, we're, we're great friends. He was a, I was 11 years old when he became my stepdad, a godly man, you know, grew up in the churches of Christ in Houston and, and just a boy scout of a guy who, who just yeah. taught me a love for the scriptures. Uh, and still now, you know, we, I just spent the night with him last night, you know, over, cause we're really grieving the loss of, of my mom, you know, his wife, uh, uh, passed mm-hmm. away. And so I try to go over, uh, once every week or so when I can, and just, just spend time together, you know, and uh, we, we have a really good friendship. And so I'm super appreciative of him, you know, very grateful for my father-in-law. We had coffee together yesterday, you know, yesterday morning. Uh, I'm, I'm just grateful for his influence on my life. Uh, uh, just processing through life. He's a great, great friend um, and uh, a wonderful, you know, uh, um, wonderful uh, father-in-law, you know, so I'm, I'm just blessed, man. I got, I got some really good dad, dad experiences, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's awesome that you have them close, you know, mm-hmm. to go to and, you know, to talk to. Oh, yeah. Deal, deal makers, man. Yeah. I, uh, so grateful. I, I could, I, I'm honestly on a quest. I'm on a quest for that. Good. <laughs> In good. my Don't life. Give up. Don't give up because, um, just, you know, I, the thing that like, the thing that I think about, there's not a few things that I miss from the church. I mean, I had a really rough, there were some things that I've been processing through in this, but the thing that I, no doubt that I miss is the, what felt like accessibility to elders, Mm -hmm. um, and some of that, you know, there was there was kind of sometimes felt like a forced community and stuff sure. like that. But but there were there were multiple people near the end before I finally just had to I had to kind of walk away to to really gather my bearings and and just figure out what I'm feeling, going through, believe stuff like that that I could really go to, you know. And it was it was awesome. I mean, you mentioned Sunny, and I mean. Mm-hmm. Sonny's a surrogate dad for thousands of yes. of, of young yes, men, <laughs> young men that are around there. Um, you know, he was there for me when my dad passed. Mm-hmm. I remember on the phone with him, you know, a couple mm-hmm. times, and it's just, it's 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 needed. I think that's something that I'm starting to, with this platform and things, is keep talking about the need for elders and. Mm-hmm and community and just communication because we don't have it. And it's not one directional, you know, um, Mm -hmm. guys that, that are elders in my life. And it's funny, I serve as an elder in our local, you know, fellowship, but you know, I'm, I'm only 54 years old. And so I still, you know, there's guys that are decades older than me, you know, serving Mm -hmm. in, in, in roles, whether they're acknowledged officially or not. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's needed on both ways, you know, uh, um, you know, it's just uh, so healthy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I've gotten so much there. It's been a wealth of opportunities to like be that for kids and to be that for teenagers yeah. and younger people. And now I'm like, I need it. But there's this book um, from strength to strength by Arthur C. Brooks. Mm-hmm. And he talks about what you were just saying about, you know, for men in that second stage of life after it's like, he he's talking about like, after like, getting close to retirement, like your fifties, your sixties, and like the need for you to, it's like, it's not so much that you need to create something new. It's you're needing to share your knowledge. Right. With people. Yeah. Yeah, You have like all this life experience, you know, and and part of the desire of Mm -hmm. our legacy, you know, internal to us is to want to pass it down and help 
you know, the next generation make new and different mistakes, you know, not to make yeah. the ones that we made, you know, but yeah. new ones, you know. <laughs> I like that you said new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, let's make new ones. Yeah, these these other ones have been done. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm, I'm giving myself permission to make new mistakes, what I'm trying to do, you know, cause yeah. the, the old ones are extra painful. So trying to avoid those, but, but still, you know, do something, make new ones. Yeah. Um, so is there anything that your dad or stepdad or, or that do that, that you did as a father mm -hmm. that you notice yourself doing or saying oh, yeah. or, or being? Yeah. I think, uh, um, you know, uh, my dad, uh, reassured me uh, a lot, like, uh, you know, and reassured the people around him of his, of his love, you know, verbalized uh -huh. it. And, uh, um, I realized like, uh, especially with my daughters, you know, uh, that I, I could not do that enough. You know, I need to do it yeah. and I need to do it a lot. I need to do it more, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's a model, you know, of, uh, um, of, uh, of just, just verbalizing, you know, how much I love, love and affection, respect, and, and, you know, actually saying it and also just having fun, you know, I yeah. think, mm -hmm. um, you know, having that atmosphere of, uh, of, of having just a, a lot of fun, you know, um, and recognizing that the joy of life, you know, and so that was, those are some things that, uh, uh, definitely, you know, I am who I am and passing those things on because of his influence, you know, with me. Verbalizing your love and gratitude to people mm -hmm. is. Because we yeah. think it, you know, as guys, I mean, it's up there, you know, like, it, you know, yeah. but, but it mm -hmm. just seems like that distance or there's some type of filter or block, you know, that, mm -hmm. that keeps it from getting out, uh, uh, you know, that's just so t palpable, but we got to get rid of that. Yeah, I think that was what was so special about the Ring of Honor at camp. Uh, yeah um did you guys change it to the did i hear the mingle of honor no no we do both that's an additional thing that jeff and uh, jen added that uh we get guys and girls together mm -hmm. to be able to practice having healthy encouragement you know across you know gender uh where it's not weird and you, know, you think someone's into you you know uh yeah so. to to sort of for those that are that listen and don't know what the ring of honor is <laughs> at the camp every i think it was like thursday Mm -hmm. We would we would have a devotional and you would break up and guys would be in one place and girls would be other and you would sit in a circle. And basically, you know, for us, it was Sonny. He was the director of camp back then. And so he would start it and he would share something, some he would share his gratitude for someone. And then this person, that person would get to go into the the circle and then that person would share. And then it was just it started off this chain mm -hmm. event. And I mean, you would see the most beautiful acts of like love and mm -hmm. gratitude that it was so powerful. You would see these giant dudes just <laughs> sobbing. Yeah. That's right. Because of, of what somebody did. And then you see these, my favorite, the favorite ones were always the little boys sharing to like a teenage boy. Oh man. The other way you they know. looked up to him. Uh-huh. I remember one one time I got brought into the Ring of Honor because this I, I helped this boy. This was back when we were at Woodmont, and Woodmont had this that lake and that creek behind that terrible, scary lake that you didn't know what was in it. And then, but but behind it was a really cool creek. And one time I went with uh, Trip Sessions, and we took a bunch of kids. I wasn't a counselor; I was just I think I was like fifteen or something, mm -hmm. maybe, and. Mm -hmm. I helped this kid like he was freaking out and I would pick him up out of the water and like put him on a rock and then he yeah. would walk more and then I would do it more and do it more. And, and this kid brought me in to the ring of honor. And it was all because of that. 
Wow. He, he was uh-huh. like, I was so scared. And you, he said like, you protected me. And I was just like, what? It was yeah, so it, powerful. And it seemed know? like, you know, at the time when you did it, like a no brainer thing and not that big yeah. a deal. But then to realize the the influence and, and what a big deal mm-hmm. it truly was, you know, the seemingly insufficient, insignificant small acts you know like jesus says uh, a mustard seed or a little bit yeah. of yeast. man that's just the power of the kingdom of god there i know and and just oh man and just getting a chance to talk about it getting a chance to sharing it is important mm-hmm. it's important for you know guys to do it with guys for people to do it just for people and and yep. in, in what you were saying for parents to do it with kids yeah. regardless of an agenda or what they've done just well it's you know such a um, vacuum of that in, in in life and in the fallen world we live in. My grandmother uh, lived next door to us until the time I was about like four or five. And then she actually moved in with us after my grandfather got murdered in prison, which is an interesting story. Um, uh, Whoa! There. But she she uh, brainwashed me, you know, with that type of uh, uh, um, uh, validation and encouragement and, and uh-huh. loving you know uh, loving words. Uh, you know, that that's why I, you know, and got any modicum of, of healthy, you know, self-image or whatever, you know, those formative years is because, you know, she also, you know, just was very much, you know, that, that, uh, that voice, you know, mm-hmm. which was just, uh, essential like oxygen. Yeah. My dad was good with that too. Mm-hmm. So just of telling me, you know, his love and, and caring for me, regardless of what it was I was doing, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's very needed. It's, it's fun. It, I love talking with you because it takes me back to camp and it takes me back uh, yeah. to these things and getting to, yeah. you know, talk about things like the ring of honor, because, you know, people don't have that. Yeah. People, 90% of the world has not experienced something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's amazing. I consider myself lucky because mm-hmm. it's made things as an adult easier to do. Because I've experienced that, like you talk about being a no brainer with helping kids and then seeing the fruit of that, it just made sense for being a teacher for a decade. You know, it makes right. sense for me to to look to other people or to, to do the, to do that thing in the moment, right? you know, cause I know what it means. And, and I mean, I used, I used to get so mad as a counselor, when I watched these other counselors just be all about the show, <laughs> you know, and it's like, cause it's cool to be a counselor. I mean, growing up, I mean, if you got to be a counselor, I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it's a thing. It probably mm-hmm. still is a thing. I hope so. Mm-hmm. But I remember just seeing, you would see these guys just like, it's just a vacation. And I used to get so upset. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what you're doing? You know what role you're in right now? Do you know the power? Like you could even take, take the whole relationship with God out of it. This, the power of yeah. an older, an older, you know, a college something guy helping mm-hmm. a younger kid and just being mm-hmm. there. Like, yeah, no, the, the influence can't be understated. No. Understated, yeah. Rather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's, what was, What's been the easiest thing as a parent? I, I don't know. I, I think uh, um, I think we're there is a nature, part of our nature that just you know God gives us that 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 
loves our children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's a switch, there's a gear, there's just something, you know, that, uh, um, is, is primordial, mortal. It's just, it is deep, you know, whether it's like a protective instinct, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. cause I'm not a, a violent person. I'm not a, um, and I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I tell you, there's been a couple of situations where my daughters were like in, in, in danger and, and this daddy bear mm-hmm. thing came out of me and, you know, folks around me were like shocked, you know, because like, it was like, you know, just where in the, what, Steve, why, why are you Where'd acting that come from? Steve? Yeah. 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 Because, you know, like it was, I, I was aware, you know, others were maybe weren't, you know, that there was a palpable, probably dangerous situation, you know, come out. And so I think that, you know, that, that, that the natural part of love, you know, uh, that, that, uh, um, the care and the concern you have, you know, for the little one or, you know, whatever they, they are. I mean, I just, that, that's a gift, man. You know, that, that is, uh, that's the, that's the easy part, you know, it's just yeah. a lot, you know, that, and I think it's, you know, uh, a, something that God gives us, you know, that we're blessed mm-hmm. with, you know, that, that, because honestly, uh, the sacrifice that it costs, you know, to care give for the little creature, you know, nobody would do that, you know, if you didn't have some kind of divine miraculous gift to change a poopy diaper, you know, I mean, honestly, you know, like to our foster baby, I remember when he was with us, uh, you know, initially there was like this roller coaster of emotions. Uh, oh man, do I, is he going to be with us? Is he not going to be with us short-term, long-term? I don't know. I just, I was having a hard time, you know, riding this, you know, I don't know the, the unknowingness of it. And so I made a decision. I'm just going to love him. Yeah. I'm just going to love him today. That's all I can do. That's all I know, you know, because if not, I don't want to change that, that explosion of a diaper. You know, uh, I, I hate poopy diapers. You know, the only reason I'm going to, I'm going to change that diapers because I love him today. And that, you know, that was more of a decision, you know, like in, in the fostering thing, because it didn't come naturally, not being a biological kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that uh, the fruit of it, once I decided then I loved him, then my heart, you know, gave him my heart. Then eleven, then it, then it, then it was good. Then it was the same as you know being a biological parent. I think you know for for that little peanut. Yeah. What what made you guys desire want to? I know you fostered. You know, mm-hmm. Denzel was his name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the developmentally disabled. He, adult he played the growing. mess out of a tambourine. Yes, he did. It was a oh my to see. Gosh. Uh, yes. Nobody that n- never seen anybody in any professional level come close. Oh man, he was, it was a delight when I yes. visited Athens and got to just be there. Cause uh-huh. just talk yeah. about just joy coming from somewhere <laughs> that you don't know. I mean, it was, it was, oh, yeah. it was yeah. so contagious, but it was a gift to anyone who witnessed that, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so you take in him and then you, you take it, you foster kid. What, what, what was yeah. the, well, after it was more of my, it was, it was her idea, her heart, you know, like I think after, you know, uh, Ava passed away. She, she, as a parent, as a mom and that instinct, she's like, she goes, I'm not finished. I'm, I'm not ready to be finished being a mom. I'm not uh-huh. ready to be finished to being a parent. I got more to give, you know? And I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, I don't want to bring another kid into the world. You know, I feel again, protective of my two daughters already. And I don't know what, you know, mm-hmm. because we didn't, you know, um, bring that upon ourselves. We didn't plan, you know, with, with Ava's health challenges, you know, that, and the challenge that it was. And so I was very scared and cautious, but, but I did recognize I, um, that man, we, we do have a lot to give. And so we wanted to do something. Yeah. So we waited for a while and talked about adopting, but then I couldn't really get over that fear, 
you know, uh, of again, bringing, you know, uh, someone into the house, you know, that, that it was going to be challenging. I felt protective of my, my two daughters and just, you know, what that was going to go. But then, you know, I could get okay with fostering, you know, I could get over that fear. And then we realized we had gotten so much medical training over the years, you know, with Ava that we were just, uh, overqualified to do. And so we actually got connected with this, uh, 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 agency out of Atlanta off, off Claremont road that specialized in placing medically fragile kids, you know, oh, in the okay. foster care system. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, that's how we connected with, and I thought, you know, because, um, you know, of, of what we've been given. And so that's how we got, uh, um, little baby Gene, you know, who was with us, you know, for, for that, that, that time. And, uh, I'd be able to love him. And so, um, you know, it was good. And same thing with Denzel, we still wanted to do something. And it's funny, my wife was like, she goes, I wanted to adopt and foster, but I didn't think it was going to be like a 30 something year old, you know, large black man, large hairy, but, you know, I just didn't yeah. you know, uh-huh. imagine that, you know, it usually <laughs> turns out something different in what you, what you have in your mind's eye of wanting to help, but it, boy, what a blessing and what a joy. And that was exactly what we needed and perfect for us to be able to bring him into our family and to be family for him. You yeah. Know, how long was he with family. you before he passed? Uh, a few years, you know, was with us and then another family, you know, down, down the road, you know, through church, you know, before he uh, passed and with the health challenges that, that he faced. Mm-hmm. And so he lived a good life. Oh my gosh. He lived a life of joy, you know, and uh, um, you know, his, his biological family just went, you know, he had some much uh, older aunts and uncles or, you know, just or across the country or other places that just weren't in positions to uh, help take care of him. So it became really clear to us that he's got, he's got nobody locally, you know, for his, yeah. his, his mm-hmm. life as he's lived it. And so uh, when we, you know, uh, um, told his mom that we would be willing, you know, to, you know, to, to take him in, you know, after she passed, cause she was in a terminal cancer. She, that's when she really, you know, um, was able to die, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that, that he was going to be in good hands, you know, with us, with a family that, that loved him. And so it was a, a very challenging, you know, time to have a, have him live with us, but it was wonderful. It was such a blessing. And, and your daughters, what were the, what was that like for them to have? Yeah, they, know? they liked it. And then they, until they didn't like it, you know, you know, like, yeah. uh, because he loved them so well. And he, you know, like on a, on a uh, IQ scale, you know, just was more like a, like a, like a peer, like a little kid also mm-hmm. too. And so he would ask them many times, like the same questions, like when they got off the bus every day, he'd greet him when they come in the house, how was your day? You know, how, how did they go? <laughs> they, they liked it at first and then, until they didn't like it. Like, why does he yeah. ask us the same questions every day? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, they, they, uh, they, they, they begrudged him for a while, but it was great. It was like having a, a another sibling, you know, and, you know, it was a challenge of, you know, mm-hmm. having a, a blended family, you know, and to managing all the the joys and the challenges, you know, the, the the good times and the bad times, you know, for that it was it was good, and so they they appreciated it, and, and it was challenging at the same time. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's such a not many people would would do that, you know, yeah. just take in. Well, well, we got a lot of help too, you know, like to make sure that there wasn't going to be any, uh, you know. Um, challenge like like he he never exhibited any type of inappropriate you know sensual or sexual behavior uh-huh. you know, because that was something that we were very protective of our daughters you know we have a huge responsibility yeah so mm-hmm. you know, like we didn't you know so but that was like there, there was no issue at all ever with that you know and so that was you know something that we investigated got a lot of help with some professional assessments and help to make sure that it was going to be you know uh safe for everybody uh how long was uh gene with you uh over a year you know until okay he was able to uh to get placed back you know with his mom you know which mm-hmm. was great you know she she went through some recovery and got healthy and got into a, a spot where uh, she was able to take care of him you know for a while 
one, which is great. So that was a, a win-win situation there. Cool. Um, is there anything that you would do over? Like now that you can, like your kids are adults, like just looking back, anything that you would do differently? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Like, uh, um, I, I think, uh, um, I got too busy. There was a season, probably two different times, um, you know, a, a, as a parent that I got pulled with responsibilities, whether it was church or work or whatever, good stuff, mm -hmm. but I was too busy and my bandwidth wasn't where it needed to be for, for, for my kids. Yeah. Um, and I, I dropped the ball, you know, I missed some things, you know, because they were going through some stuff, especially as early, early adolescence, you know, that I was not there for them like I needed to be. And it broke mm. my heart when I realized it, you know, and I obviously when that, as soon as that happened, I put off those responsibilities to other people, you know, because this is like a Sam Lang really helped me with this visual, you know, uh, it's like, you know, you have different responsibilities in life. They're like juggling balls, you know, uh, parenting your marriage and parenting. Those are crucial, irreplaceable relationships where those are glass balls. Mm -hmm. I never, ever want to drop those balls when I'm juggling them. Any other ball I take is a rubber ball. If I drop it, it'll bounce. It'll be just fine. But but but, but those the, those are those are juggling. And I and there's a couple times I, I I've dropped dropped those balls, you know. And then, so there was crack. They cracked, you know. Luckily they didn't break, but they cracked. And uh, I I I you know when I realized that because that's just you know when you are a capable person you get called and stretched you know to different things or get asked to lead this or asked to help with this whatever. And I said yeah I was a people pleaser. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do that. And I just stretched uh -huh. about too thin. And it, and it happened kind of two different occasions where then I finally had to just, you know, say no. So that's that's the, you know, the regrets looking back. And then also one time, I think when they were little, I, I parented out of, of rage and anger. You know, I, I got scared and was upset and I, I yelled at them and uh -huh. seeing the terror in their face, you know, um, and it, and it only happened once, but, but I just, it was memorable, you know, and that was a mistake, you know, uh, that was, a, um, you know, where I, I did, I disciplined them out of, it was, it was me of my anger, my, my, my mm -hmm. rage, my fear, you know? And so that was not because of what they were doing. They brought it out of me. It was my baggage and my trauma, my schema that I was looking yeah. through. Mm -hmm. And so that, those are some times that I can, you know, just that's, that's low hanging fruit. I can think of really easily. I'm sure there's a lot more, but that's, that's what initially comes to mind. Man, I'm really that image that you said about the glass balls. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's powerful right there to think about. Yeah, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, it helped. You know, it really, really helped help help me. You know, I'm I'm I have a very simple mind the way I view you know the mm -hmm. uh, so that's uh, um what was it was a great image and a metaphor for me to get my brain wrapped around and to distill it down to something very basic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I'm probably, I'm not going to forget that either. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, news. Sam. You know, I give him credit where credit is due. He was, yeah. he was a great, great influence and mentor for me for, for a number of years when he lived in Athens. When we yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, so like what has, what scares you about being like being a dad? Like what are the things that you fear? I mean, has it, has it changed as your kids have gotten older or has it kind of stayed the same thing? No, no, it's, uh, um, you know, uh, the, their, the, the influences of, of the relationships around them, you know, when, when they start hitting adolescence and then mm -hmm. on, you know, uh, through, through all the way through adolescence, that, that 
is one of the scariest things for me when there's unhealthy relationships there, you know, whatever they are that, that, yeah. that, that's like, mm-hmm. uh, because in some ways I can't do anything about that. You know, I, I can try to help them identify and, and try to see that, you know, from my perspective, I think it's a bad influence or unhealthy relationship or it's a damaging, it's hurtful for them. Mm-hmm. But then otherwise it, it's on them. You know, they've got to come to that, that same, you know, recognition too, you know, in order to yeah. set up a boundary, you know, with, with it. And so that, that's a thing that, that, uh, you know, that for their safety and for, you know, just, I don't want them to be hurt, you know, I don't want them to hurt, you know, when I see the, you know, potentially hurtful, you know, influences, you know, that, that, that scares me. Yeah. I think about relationships with <laughs> even now at four, they're two little, there's little boys and girls. I'd, don't want them hanging out with, I, I worry yeah. about that, oh, their yeah. influence, you know, and you have a control of that, you know, when they're that age, you know, like, yeah. you're saying, we're not mm-hmm. going to go over to that, you know, to that dude's house. You're not going to spend time with him. You know, we're, you can, yeah. you can manage it, you know, all the way up through <laughs> like about middle school, but they have their driver's yeah. license, you know, and then, you know, there's definitely no managing it, you know, uh, yeah. they're, they're going to go where they don't want to go, whether you're aware of it or not. And so you have to kind of transition you know, into, into that, you know, yeah. uh, you're making you're making me sweat just thinking about it. And I've got oh yeah, yeah it's sweat worthy. Yeah, yeah it's sweat worthy <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> um, but that goes back to you know like uh you know my 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 trust in in our, our heavenly Father. You know, that, yeah, that he's still aware and you know um and know that you know I I think uh you know he he doesn't want them to be hurt either and he doesn't mm-hmm. want them to go through trauma or pain any more than I do. You know, and so he's gonna protect him to whatever degree he'll they will allow him and you know, situations will allow them to protect them also, you know, which is, uh, I really grow, I have to grow in my, in my, my trust to kind of compensate, you know, balance out the fear that I have, you know. Mm-hmm. It feels like from talking to you and, and like my own observations, it's just like being a parent is just letting go a little more every year. Yeah. You know, you're that, just, yeah, I would say it's accurate. You can't, you're just you can't hold on to them. You can't, you know, when they're in when they're one, you're well, in the it's house. Holding them, it's holding them differently. You know, okay. like, you yeah, I like hold yeah. on to them, you know, yeah. especially and that's you know, that that grip in some ways gets stronger, you know, because you're uh-huh. needed to be there more for them, you know, emotionally, you know, mentally, you know, uh there. But it's but you but you have to change, you know, like it's it you you have to change. You yeah. cannot stay the same, you know, you have to parent differently. And, you know, my, the way my, you know, uh, parents, my, my in-laws and when my stepdad still parent me is yeah. different, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's different, but they, they hold on to me. You know, it's just a very, it's a different way of holding on. Yeah. I think, um, I was talking to someone, one of the things was the last guest and he was talking about just the idea of being a safe Harbor mm-hmm. and like that, being the goal and it's like you just you can't stop them from leaving you just have to hope that this base you are a place that's safe to come home to safe to go to and yeah yeah and i know why I, I don't want them to always be here you know i want them to to, to leave yeah. and to fly the nest up. Mm-hmm. and i think one of my analogies too is I, I try to give them as many tools in the toolbox of life as mm-hmm. i can but I can't give them all the ones they need. They're going to need to get tools from other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, variety of people, you know, to be able to process that. And to, I try to help them recognize that and to get, you know, relationships with people where they can get the tools they need for life from, from, you know, healthy tools from others. Yeah. That's cool. How do you, um, 
you know, one thing I like to talk about, you know, I mean, the title of my podcast is The Balanced Male, but what do you do to find balance? What do you do to find, to restore, to to show up for yourself so you can show up for them? What are things that you do? Uh, you know, I think uh, it, it's not the what I do, but it's more like who, like, because for me, I don't know when I'm out of balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of know at some level, but I don't know how to get out of it. I don't know how to recognize it. And so I think, you know, I've, I've surround myself with you know people and give them permission, you know, to yeah. uh, help me see when I am, you know, when like, man, Steve, you don't sound yourself, you know, you don't sound right. You know? And so I think that's like my, my first, you know, step or, or pre-steps I've got, you know, is to have mm-hmm. you know, my, my wife has permission, my best friends, you know, um, you know, uh, had that, that community, I think, you know, the community, cause I've got no objectivity. I don't know what my voice sounds like, you know, I'm a hundred percent subjective. You yeah. Know, if I mm-hmm. listen to your podcast and hear my voice, I'm like, that's not me. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, no I think I sound a certain way in my head. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I was interviewing. That's not, that's not me. You uh-huh. know? So I need objectivity. I need the perspective even to recognize it because also too, I'm so stinking religious that, uh, I, I think I'm, you know, somewhere where I'm not, you know, like when I'm off balance, I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to be off balance. Therefore I'm not off balance. I'm like, Oh no, Steve, you're way off balance. You know, I kind of yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. I got to have people in you know, healthy community to check me, you know, to that love me enough. And, you know, and again, I've given them permission, you know, to, uh, to, to help, help that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Is there things that you have like put into your, like, for, for example, for me, one thing I have to do for me to find balances, you know, there's, there's running in the gym has been incorporated into my life. It's a way for me to, to find balance. Is there things that you like have done for like just fun or just so that you can just, yeah, you get your time so that you can come back and be more present. Well, it's like the the rhythms. Yeah. There's certain rhythms and practices. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, uh, help me get centered, you know, nor, nor, normal balance, mm-hmm. healthy, like a walking actually for me, like I just walked, uh, walk around my neighborhood, walk up and down the street, you know, Atlanta highway, uh, even before, like I had an hour before we got together and I wanted to yeah. be in a good place, you know, so I'm not afraid, you know, to be able just to, to talk and be, be present here, not thinking mm-hmm. about other stuff. And so I went and I, and I had just a, just a walking, you know, walking is good for me. And I do, you know, like have, have a, a community, a healthy gym community too, you know, which uh, does like a, you know, at least three, three, four times a week, you know, the first thing in the morning to help me get up and do that, you know, and yeah. I'm mm-hmm. you know, learning how to add a good diet, you know, uh, for, so that I can uh, you know, have healthy coping with food and recognize when I'm not coping healthy yeah. you know, with food <laughs> or with alcohol, you know, like I gotta, you know, I, I gotta, you know, recognize, you know, like to have healthy coping, you know, with those things too. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Listening is to there... healthy podcasts, you know, I got to wrestle too. Like I need to be provoked and I, and so uh-huh. I have to be reading good stuff and deep spiritual things, you know, and I can have something that pushes me in the nose that that's because I, I need that for, 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 for me to, 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 to be mm-hmm. humble. Cause I'm a, I'm a pride ball, man. I, I am an arrogant SOB naturally. Yeah. You know? so mm-hmm. I, I need, I need that checking, you know, of me as well to, uh, to, to have a, a, even a chance for having, you know, humility you know, in me. I mean, I'm, I'm like that too. I mean, there's two, maybe three books at a time I'll be reading. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, t- yeah, man. To that, just engage. Fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Engage with that. Um, Just because it's, it's such a strong, it's the thing. It's like, I mean, it, I was always a big reader, but like, 
I mean, what does it all mean? What's the purpose? What am I missing? What am I needing to see? Mm. Like things like that. I'm just mm. constantly devouring something. Mm. Nice. On well, that area. You know, we, we, to be able to, you know, peek into someone's life, you know, for them to be mm. even mentoring to us and influencing to us, even though we might not physically ever meet them, you know, what a gift, mm. what a blessing. Yeah. Richard Rohr was probably, he's been the biggest one in the last right. oh my gosh, couple of amazing. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, what gets in the way? <laughs> Besides myself, it? you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, part of it too, is just this, the culture we live in mm-hmm. does not, uh, you know, um, foster healthy nope. living, you know, it, it is the, uh, the world we live in the, the, the fish bowl that we as fish are swimming around the water uh-huh. is an unhealthy, you know, water, you know, and I think recognizing that is a, a first step, you know, to, to know all of the, uh, the unhealthy cultural influences, you know, that, that, uh, affect me and I don't even realize they, they affect me, you know? And so I think that those are the things that get in the way, you know, uh, are, are things that, that just, uh, um, you know, from, from, uh, being who I need to be, you know? Cool. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it's, it's a lot about distracting and mm-hmm. numbing and go, go, yeah. go, go, go. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a, a pace of life mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, I don't know if it's because the business world or for whatever, uh, modern technology added, I think is artificially fast. Mm-hmm. That That's a harm, you know, for me, I'm consistently now trying to slow down, you know, to Sabbath regularly, mm-hmm. whether, you know, be a day a week, and then also kind of mini Sabbaths, you know, to slow down, you know, to, to fight that artificially fast pace of things, you know, for me, cause I'm not a, I'm not a good at living life that way is damaging, you know, mm-hmm. mistakes, you know? And so, so slowing down is, is a big, you know, big healthy thing I need to do. And, and so the speed of life is, a, is a, is an enemy, you know? Yeah. I mean that the idea of Sabbath has, has come up in my, it's been a part of my, just, I've been thinking about that for months now. Um, you know, I've, I've, you read, there's so many books, on having a Sabbath and mm-hmm. pace of life and things like that. I mean, I was reading the book, asking better questions of the Bible by Marty yeah. Solomon. Thank you, Marty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was talking about, I think it was either in the book or in his podcast, the Bayma podcast, where the idea of a pause has been weaved into everything about our existence from the beginning mm-hmm. and the writers of the Bible and like putting that in, they're like, you know, God was the first God that if you looked at, he stopped. Yeah. Right. You know? And so it's like, it's supposed to tell us that like, you know, there are times that we need to stop. We don't, we, it's enough. It's enough for the day. It's enough for the week. And Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I, I never looked at Sabbath being the gift Mm -hmm. to us, you know, that Jesus says it is, you know, that Sabbath is made for the man, you know, and I, I, I'm really trying to uh, embrace that to do it. And Mm -hmm. it's so hard. It is so against the grain of mm-hmm. life, so un-American, you know, to trust in that way and to do it. And it it's hard to just I've I've even been trying to do it to where like I'm not reading, listening, or stimulating myself mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. moments because mm-hmm. we're inundated with noise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everywhere. And and you know, and yes, it's relaxing for me to sit and read a book. Yes, it's relaxing for me to sit and read a podcast or listen to music, but 
to pause with nothing. Yeah, silence and solitude are uh, underused spiritual practices in our current world. Yeah. yeah, I remember the other day. You know, I'm I'm another reason I'm lucky is you know I live I live on the beach now, and wow. so up out here and and I went and and I took my phone to the beach, but I, I set a timer for like thirty minutes, and I was trying to practice and not do anything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it was it was fine. But about 15 minutes in, I noticed that I was like taking the little sticks in the sand by me to build something. I was like <laughs> unconsciously doing yeah. that. Yeah, it, it was it was hilarious, you know, um, but I'm glad, you know, you're you we're talking I'm, I'm about practicing this. On, I am terrible at Sabbathing. Uh-huh. I'm terrible at it, you know, but I want to get better and I want to just keep on practicing, you know. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So last couple things here. Um what do you view your role as a dad? Is it, and, and kind of like with how your kids are now adults, Mm -hmm. is it a role? Like, does it stay the same? Is it the same thing? Well, it's it's vital, you know, and I, I I think that, you know, they, they know this, we talk about like, I'm always going to be their dad. They're always going to need me to be their dad, Mm -hmm. you know, and the, and the role is dynamic and it changes, Mm -hmm. you know, and and how I do do it, but that I am it doesn't yeah. change and will never uh-huh. change. And so I think, uh, um, you know, that's we we talk about that. And so part of it too is uh, uh, is not knowing uh, uh, some ways exactly how to do it, knowing the big things. Know that I'm going to love them unconditionally. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. accept them unconditionally. That's my job, and I have a very important job, and I've got to do that well. And I practice. I want to get better at that. Uh-huh. And how do I do that? You know, that's, that's going to, that's going to, going to mature, hopefully. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I like that. It, that, that the end of the, they, they know their love and they know they're accepted. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, You know, any, any last things, any last things I'm, you want to share? Well, I'm, I'm grateful. You know, it's funny. I, you know, you talk about the hesitancy of not wanting to be a dad for a while. Like I, I didn't want to be married. Uh, for for a long time, I fought it and did not think that it was a pop in the realm of possibilities. Knowing that I'm just like my dad, and, mm-hmm. and he at that time, you know, had been divorced five times. You know that that five times different people had divorced him. You know, and like I, I don't I don't have you know what it takes. You know, and I don't know how to do it. I don't want to mess anybody up. You know, for, for that. And so I I think it's amazing and and a modern day miracle that I was even to be able to to be married, still am married. Uh, and to be become a father, you know, what, what mm-hmm. a, a miracle blessing. I remember after Lucy was born, uh, driving like out of the hospital that next day and looking at every single person on the street thing. And that person is a miracle, that person, a miracle, the miracle of birth and the, and yeah. the miracle that, you know, that, that, that these, these people have me as a father, you know, is, is a miracle and blessing. And so I, I don't, uh, um, you know, take that light, acknowledge it. You know, and it is miraculous and it is a blessing from God, you know, to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Very grateful. And I think it's really cool to think about your story a little bit with regards to like, you know, people nowadays, one of the big things you hear is about generational trauma. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we're, we're dealing with things, we're dealing with things that were unhealed from our parents and then sure. their parents and stuff like that. And, yeah. and by, by sort of taking the leap like you've done in these situations in a way it's, it's healing yourself. And then in terms healing your kids, Mm -hmm. because 
you know, a lot of us make our decision, like we're going back to the decisions out of fear, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Tom Lombardi, uh, brother lives over in Atlanta, has, uh, had some thoughts and like via his conversations, I haven't never talked to him directly about it, but Joe Moon has, and we uh-huh. talked going back to the judges cycle. This is not going to seem to connect at first, but it will, I'll bring it around. Uh-huh. You know, the judges cycle back, you know, was people would, would get closer to God, you know, and then they'd lose it. The next generation wouldn't even know him. You know, there was this, yeah. this sine wave, right? Uh-huh the hope that we have is that, that we can not just have a sine wave of generationally being a people closer to our creator and more uh, to be who we are engineered and healthy to be, and then lose it for the generation. My hope is that we can be a sine wave, but, but be an increasing way closer to God. Yeah. That, again, mm-hmm. we can be making new mistakes and we can heal generation to generation. Sure. There's going to be an ebb and flow. There's going to be a, you know, a waxing and a waning, there's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, the distance and the closeness, you know, from mistakes made. But, but again, you know, my hope is that as a people that, that, you know, I know that that's his hope too. And that's our, our, our hope for being healthier, you know, and really growing and learning yeah. from history, learning, you know, mm-hmm. from, from what, what, what was done, you know, before good and bad, you know, so that we can, we can kind of have this, this wave, but it'd be a wave closer to, to who we're really created to be, you know, mm-hmm. in, in healthy ways is my hope. That's my vision. Yeah, and I think it's a great hope. It's a great vision. I think it's a great hope for vision for, for dads, for people, for all of us mm-hmm. that we kind of can see, learn from our our pasts, learn from the generations before us. Like if it it's is. not possible, mm-hmm. man, just you know, forget about it. Then you know, let's let's throw the towel in. You know, if it's not uh-huh. possible to grow and to be better and to have that area, you know, there's no hope. But I mean, it's like the thing about the decision you made you made a decision to get married and through that decision, you did something different. You've created a life that's different and not to, I don't want to negate or or throw your dad under the bus or any of those things. I mean, you're he's dealing with things as he knew how to deal with it, you know, but, but you're kind of building it in a different way. And, and it's, it just took one little decision and an act of faith in yourself or in the person that, you know, in looking at your, your wife. I wouldn't have been able to do it had I not, you know, had healthy examples. Also, you yeah. know, you can't like uh, it's hard to go where you've never been before. You know, that's right. mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, to go where no, yeah, yeah, that's that's a difficult. People die on those kind of yeah. missions. You know, when you can't see it, you know, and so I think it's been crucial to have examples. You know, like you're saying, elders, you know, uh, of people that are at least a step on the road in the journey ahead in a healthy way. You know, like what yeah. has been essential for me. It's also come I come back to Harry Potter and it's the whole Voldemort Harry Potter thing. Like mm-hmm. Voldemort was who he was because of what he saw. Harry mm-hmm. was the way he was because of what he saw and what was in his life. Who yeah. was in his life, you know? Yeah. And and we, we all have the all the opportunities to be either way. Right. To totally. Go either way. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So. I, lo- I love Harry Potter. Thank you for bringing <laughs> bringing him into the I, conversation. I just finished it on audiobook and then I oh, watched the Jim last Dale's one. narration is glorious. Yeah, it is, man. Audiobooks are the way I, <laughs> the way to go for a lot of stuff. But um That's uh, the, those uh, uh audiobooks, those seven audiobooks are like therapy for my daughters too. That's like where they go and they listen and help. They've been through mm-hmm. an umpteen amount of times, you know. It's just gonna I started off reading like with two false starts myself uh-huh. reading books to them and trying to do different voices or whatever as kids, you know. Yeah. It mm-hmm. took like the third time before they enjoyed it we got got it locked and it was great great memories doing yeah 
and I just I love when I mean for me it I get to to read them and, and watch the movies to see it and then you just get such an understanding of of life and like how I mean it's it's there's so many lessons in those books yes. that I've taken from it right those are classics man modern they classics are. yeah I had an argument with someone about how Harry Potter will be the classic and Twilight will never be you know <laughs> I, I think I it was I can I think it was with my friend John Nelson. <laughs> yeah, tell John he's wrong if he thinks Twilight's gonna gonna No, die. no, no. I think was it we no, it wasn't him because we okay. no, we were discussing how important Harry Potter was versus Twilight. Okay. Yeah. But uh <laughs> but yeah, I mean it just comes back. You know, we we can be whatever we want, we could do whatever you know, it's just what we choose to look at, what we choose yeah. to see and the decisions that we make, you know. So. That's right. Yeah. Well well, Steve, man, it hour and a half has passed. That was fast. My goodness. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, what's some what some great things? Thank you for thank you for coming on. Yeah, same. Uh, thank you for your invitation, Roy. Yeah, I will stop recording, and but we won't stop the thing. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for sharing your story. I take, you know, I'm humbled that you would want to come on and 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 share this with me and talk with me about this. You have so much good insight. Um, I've always respected you for you know, the person that you are, um, from way back when, and it was the little things that I saw you were, you know, that, that how you lived and and how you sort of reacted and sort of brought me into the family too mm-hmm. for a minute, you know, and, and, yeah, and so thanks for coming on and sharing this and guys, yeah. thanks for listening. It was a joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Un- until next time. Yeah. I love you, dude. Yeah. You too, man. Hold on one second.